0: sleeping in bed no more back thinking time
1: for thinking ahead the world has changed so very much from what it used to be there's so much hatred war and poverty well there hello there everyone hello there everyone Welcome to the NDC Savings Club Radio Show Hour. And that great song, if you get a chance to listen to it, is Wake Up Everybody by Harrow, Marvin, and the Blue Notes. And that was all the way back in 1975. So as you can see, hopefully things are getting worse, but people are beginning to wake up. So again... Uh, Saying that, in reference that things are getting worse, so is our health care. And this is what we are. The NDC Savings Club is your solution to the high cost of health care in this country. I am your host, Alex Acuna. And what we'll be doing this show, you know, doing this hour, the first uh, segment we're going to have here is going to be in reference to uh, with Dr. Wall with GMOs and the controversy and all the havoc and all that you know damage that these GMOs are doing. Uh, he's very well known as a blood detective, so definitely you want to tune in on that segment of his and me talking to him about the GMOs. We also have, in a couple of minutes, we're going to have our health news segment, and that's also going to be with Dr. Wall. And he's going to be bringing up, the last part that we have with the balance of acid, pH. So again, that's really important too, because again, if we're too much acid in the body, it kind of deteriorates, and also too little uh, oxygen in the body, it kind of makes you know cancer grow. So again, and it does a whole bunch of other diseases. So you definitely want to tune in on these shows on these segments. And what is the NDC Savings Club? Well, you can go to the ndcsavingsclub.com. And what that is is a place like a directory, a location, a website that you'll be able to look at all kinds of benefits, everything from dental to vision to uh, lab work. If you need lab work done, if you need MRIs, you need affordable glasses. You have a whole section there for senior care, diabetic. Uh, we even have sections there for medical supplies and contact lenses and hearing aids, and it, and it goes on and on. And as you can hear, that this is all kinds of benefits there. You know, wouldn't you like to just go to one place that you be able to uh, click on? And again, this whole Savings Club. Literally, that's what it is. It's free. And the Savings Club is there to help you save money on health care. And it's absolutely free, like I just mentioned. It, this whole site, there's nothing to register, nothing to sign up for. And it it's absolutely free. And again, please go to the NDCSavingsClub.com, and you'll be able to see all these great benefits. Right now, we have over 75 different benefits that you can choose from. And more important, uh, we do shows on each of these companies. Uh, How would you like to listen in about our laboratory and blood work and me talking to the owners of the company? Uh, We talk to the owners. We talk to the uh, spokespersons for these companies. And these companies have been around for 10, 20, 30, 50 years. So, again, these are reputable nationwide companies that you can – uh, go look them up. We give you the link, so you can go right to their websites. We'll give you their phone numbers. You can contact them. And a lot of them, if you mention NDC, they'll get you uh, a special. They'll get you special savings, special products, special programs. So, again, you want to definitely take advantage of this great savings club. And that's, you know, what we are. Back in 2014, in the spring, we started from this national drug card, and that's what NDC stands for, National Drug Card. You can go there to that one, nationaldrugcard.com. And what that is, it's a free drug card You know, to save money on your medications. You can look at it as a coupon. You can actually go right to the website, nationaldrugcard.com, and put in your medication, your zip code, and up pop comes the lowest price first that you can pay. And that's great for people who don't have any insurance, they're in-between insurance, or they're undocumented, or they're in a the Medicare donor hole. Uh, and all kinds of other ways where people sometimes medication are being covered by insurance, this is how you can go there and it 's free. You can go there and go save money on your medications so and also pre, please go to the um, um, for the iPhones and the androids you can go to and look them up under group rx and download the free app that you can use and have it right on the phone. Like talk about going green, you can literally have you know, this application. We also have a pet uh, card there as well that you can use and save money on your medications for your pets. Savings is anywhere from on uh, name brands, 10 to 30 to 50% off and on generics, that's where you get the most savings from 40 to 90%. So as you can see here, this is what the NDC Savings Club and, and the National Drug Card, this is what we're about. And that's what this show is about, uh, trying to educate you, give you information, and give you great services and products that you can use. Uh, one of the great things also on the Savings Club, ndcsavingsclub.com, you can go there. There's a whole nice, great section there for holistic and natural. And please go look at those great um sites that we have on there for uh, companies and, and products and stuff that you can use at a great savings. And again, it's mostly all driven towards healthcare. So please take advantage of this resource. And you can look at it as a directory, like a free directory that you can go to these sites and look at what you need and get a savings. A lot of times, you know, we might not have certain benefits. And there's government benefits in there too that you can look into and and get all these resources to help you save money so again um this is what we're here about, so we can go out there and start helping people you know save money on all their health care needs and give them a great resource so at this point, I want to bring in. You know, Dr. Wall, on his segment, in reference to the acid-base um, uh, lie that's out there, and you can go back to the previous show and listen to the first part. This is the second part of that.
0: Hi again, everybody. This is Dr. Michael Wall, the blood detective, and welcome to this 13- to 15-minute health segment today, which will be part two of the acid-base balance lie, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the, the truth. So again, my name is Dr. Michael Wald, and I've been nicknamed the blood detective because I know blood. So this is something I do. I've done it for 26 years, working with patients with every known disease you can name. Every once in a while, someone will pop in with something I I haven't heard of or haven't seen, but it's rare. And even if it's something I haven't known, there are certain basic fundamentals regarding health and repair, and pH does relate to them. So this is a very important topic, as many of you know. I just want to reiterate a couple of the important concepts we spoke about last time, but you'll need to go to my blog on the website at www.intmedny.com. Go to the blog section to download the show and listen to the show. You'll also see notes on the show as well and post your questions and I will respond personally to them. So at the, the last show, I talked about that there are different pHs in the blood, the urine, the saliva, the stomach, the small intestine, the large intestine, the venous blood, the arterial blood, so when we say we want to become alkaline because alkaline is a good thing, that is a very silly and meaningless statement. Again, based on what I just said, there's a different pH, a different acid-base balance in different areas of the body. And the whole point of health is so that the body in all its wisdom and innate intelligence can manage this pH and the different pHs in all these areas so that enzymes work well, which, which run reactions and allow us to live. They activate nutrients. Uh, they help control inflammation. We need a certain amount of inflammation. We don't need an excessive amount of inflammation. It allows for repair. pH is ever important. And the pH is really the end product of the, uh, the various organs contributing what they contribute into the blood. So, for example, uh, breathing. Someone who is under stress or in pain tends to be a shallow breather. Shallow breathers do not blow off as much carbon dioxide. That carbon dioxide converts itself into carbonic acid, and that adds to a pH that is trending towards the lower end of the pH scale. The lower end, the lower the pH number, the more acid, the higher, the more alkaline or basic. You should know the pH scale is from zero to 14. It's based on water being neutral at seven. Blood is an average between 7.35 and 7.45 very, very tightly controlled, and when there's dysregulation or imbalance of that pH, even slightly one direction or the other, no matter what compartment of the body you're talking about, a pH difference, difference in the stomach happens, for example, the pH increases too much, then a person doesn't uh, activate their nutrients. A person may be more susceptible to bacteria, fungal viruses, and parasites uh, from being digested in the stomach and making their way into the rest of the body. When the pH of the blood is a little too low, let's say 7.25, which is significantly low, that results in calcium leaching from bones. That calcium's got to find a place to go. It circulates. It gets stuck in blood vessels, causing uh, arterial sclerosis or heart heart vessel disease. That calcium can make its way into breast tissue, causing calcium laden breast tissue, which we um, calcium laden breast tissue, which we know can lend itself to um, breast cancer that calcium can, uh, since it is leaving the bones, uh, results uh, in osteoporosis or osteopenia. We can go on and on and on. pH is important. So the other misconception, I was going over misconceptions and answering them based on questions that you've all been sending me, has to do, does does being alkaline promote detoxification? Now all of us that have been listening to what I'm saying here for just the last four minutes already know that even just saying being alkaline is meaningless. Are we talking about the blood? Well, if that's true, why are most practitioners and most people monitoring their bl- their blood? I'm sorry, monitoring their urine or their saliva pH? Now, I'm not saying there isn't there are not some health benefits in doing this, but we need to know why we're doing that, and we do not want to fool ourselves into thinking that somehow the blood pH and the saliva pH has anything directly to do with estimating the blood pH. So, in other words, if the body wants to secrete, get rid of acid toxins it'll secrete them, let's say, through the urine. And by doing that, by throwing off these alkaline compounds, when the blood does that through the urine, because it's the blood that filters through the urine, that has the urine pH be what it is, the blood may then be normal pH with acid products in the urine or an acid urine. Or because the body is secreting these acid products in the urine, the blood pH may be on the higher end of the scale, maybe maybe 7.5 rather than the typical. So let me go back to that important question. Does being alkaline promote detoxification? Again, this is partially true because an alkaline urine helps the body get rid of certain drugs and environmental toxins that require elimination through an alkaline urine. But a lower pH, which is to remind you towards the acid side, helps eliminate many other toxins. Any detox effort must attempt to move the pH of the urine or stool or blood in whatever direction that favors elimination of whatever toxins you're speaking about. So, by the way, these so-called detox programs that claim to be the ultimate detoxifiers, almost none of them manage or consider the pH issue that I'm discussing here. Uh, Many of them are not nearly complete enough, and the next show will be on what a true detox is? What does that even mean? There's, there's, again, a lot of detox deception out there as well as pH lies, and they are related. So, it's important, though, that uh, what I do, for example, is I will do testing to develop an entire metabolic map of my patients by looking at many, many organ systems, which, of course, relate to one another. They not only relate to one another, they're the same thing. It's only in medicine that there's this artificial compartmentalization of body parts and then we try to figure out health and disease with that skewed perception of how the body works and we wonder why we don't have a lot of answers to things. So the idea of holistic medicine is a good one except we also have that problem there too in my experience. That's a topic for another show. So I make a metabolic map of patients. I'll do over 150 different tests, a variety of systems. I will use a computer program that I designed to help me figure out what foods and nutrients a person should need, looking at pHs, and how the pH affects many systems. If you change the pH, that doesn't mean, even in the place where you want the pH to go, that doesn't mean you've actually improved the health of the organ or organ systems or cells that you're trying to improve. So you must have multiple markers. You know, it's like the silliness with blood typing. Even if there was something to blood typing, which I doubt, why would I want to use a one blood type test to figure out someone's foods when I can use 175 of them, plus my common sense and questionnaires and other technologies? Okay, next misconception. The best way to check acid-alkaline balance, or pH, is in the urine or saliva. Well, here's my answer. The best way to check pH in the urine or saliva is to check the urine or saliva pH, but The urine and saliva change their pH in response to organ changes like the kidneys and lungs mostly, but also from the liver, the cardiovascular system, lymphatic drainage, skin, and other tissues. All of these and other uh, cellular components of the body, other tissues, do contribute to the pH. Blood pH does its best to maintain a very tight pH of around 7.4 and can only do this by throwing off in in the... in the breathing uh, and throwing off in the urine and certain things through the skin, various acid and alkaline products so that the pH can maintain its very, very tight and essential pH range of 7.35 to 7.45. So what I do is adjust nutrition and lifestyle to move the pHs, the pHs, you see it's important you, you get that distinction, it's not just the pH of the body which has no meaning in the directions, in the saliva, urine, blood that I need, depending on what I have to do for that patient. If a person has a weak liver or weak kidneys, I'm not going to detoxify toxins through those organs. So I might have to adjust the pH of my methods to favor the detoxification of whatever I'm trying to get rid of through whatever organs I feel that, that, that the patient can handle. Remember, pH is not the cause of itself changing, but... Changes in pH are a response to many physiologic changes throughout the body. That is a million-dollar statement. Let me say it again a little differently. pH is not the cause of itself changing, but pH is a response to many physiologic changes throughout the body. Why would we want to just look at pH? We would not. So another misconception, juicing. Juicing, let's say, healthy greens and multicolored veggies promotes alkalinity in the body. Well, maybe. No doubt that's healthy for most people unless someone's allergic to a fruit or a vegetable or has diabetes. That might be an issue with, with, let's say, bananas. And by the way, not all sugar is the same and most um, fruits are fructose and that does not um, adversely affect people with not only diabetes but even those with candida. Once again, another loaded conversation. That'll be a different show. But back to the question, if we juice, can this promote alkalinity? Again, maybe, no doubt healthy. I juice every day, multiple times a day, but I have patients who've done this and uh, their pH is, is a mess. So it's not only what we eat, but it's how we digest it, how we absorb it, how we utilize it, plus a bunch of other stuff that affects pH. So what I do is I have put together what I call a blood detective approach to maintain pH, health, and disease. It has to involve several essential components. First of all, we need very, very, very good questionnaires of all body systems because if we rely on people like myself, practitioners, just ask a bunch of questions, well, that's important, but we need to be organized. We need to consider and interpolate all of these different answers to questionnaires, sometimes many, many dozens of questions to figure things out and to point us to places. I do a nutritional visual exam. If I see that you have bumps on the back of your arm, I'm thinking vitamin A, I'm thinking protein, I'm thinking zinc, I'm thinking essential fatty acids. If you're losing hair on your head or your eyebrows, I'm thinking hypothyroid, I'm thinking hypoadrenia, I'm thinking a dozen different nutrients. These are considerations. We put them in context with questionnaire responses. And I do have a comprehensive laboratory panel called the Blood Detective Longevity Panel. This is a panel covered by insurance. It is loaded with many Dozens and dozens of biomarkers, essential tests that tell me, is what you are doing now working? Are you feeling better? Great. But are your various lab parameters that were abnormal or not optimal, are they trending towards the optimal and the normal? It's a lot more than just pH, but pH is important. So the takeaway here is that, yes, pH is important. When someone says to you, "Oh, we should be alkaline," you say that has that has no meaning whatsoever. We should be acided in our stomachs. We should be alkaline in our mouths, alkaline in our small intestine, slightly acid in our large intestine. Our blood should be just to the left of neutral pH at 7.4, etc. So, to, in order to move the pH in those areas, we have to affect multiple organs. The organs secrete things into and. Create the blood which sets up a pH and those organs therefore saute in a sense and that pH and this feedback creates this homeostatic balance in the body which is an imbalanced kind of balance. So these are difficult concepts. I would suggest you listen to the show a couple of times. Once again, you can find the show posted on my blog at www.intmedny.com. You can also call me for a consultation at 914-242-8844. I am Dr. Michael Wall, the Blood Detective. Please look at my book Frankenfoods on the dangers of GMOs, genetically modified organisms, on Amazon. And I'm also the author of about a dozen other books, including the Anti-Agi- anti-aging encyclopedia of laboratory tests, a 500-page manual for healthcare providers. I know lab, and I know pH, and I want to teach you what I know and make it practical for your health. So, tune in with us. For the next show, next Wednesday, for a 15-minute spot called Real Detox. Have a great day. Talk with you soon.
1: Okay, everyone. That was uh, Dr. Walt, and now we're going to bring this uh, second segment in, in reference to GMOs. Part of the show right now. I'm going to be more than happy to introduce our special guest, and this is uh, Dr. Michael Wall. And uh, are you on the line there, Mr. Wall? I am. How are you doing, Alex? Hey, how are you doing, Dr. Wall? Great, great to have you on the call. First of all, everyone, I'd like to a little bit of background about Dr. Wall, and he's a really amazing person. Uh, Dr. Wall, he's a he's blood detector. That's what he's known as, the blood detector. He's the director of the nutritional service at, at Integrated Medical in Mount Kisco, New York, located in Westchester, New York. He has a peer on ABC World News tonight with Diane Sawyer, also on Channel 11, PIX, Channel 12, CNN, and the Food Network and other media outlets. So he's been all these different media outlets, and I guess people are interested uh, in this whole thing with the blood detective. Also, Dr. Walt has earned... The name Bucks have because of his reputation to find out problems that are often missed by other doctors. So again, that's really important. He has by the way a little bit about his degrees, he, he has earned his MD. And he's a doctor of chiropractic and a certified dietitian nutritionist. And he's also a double bore certified nutrition. He's double bore certified in nutrition, so that's pretty amazing. And he's written lots of books. His latest book is Franken so again, what Franken Foods are is genetically modified foods, and you know that's a big controversy now. And there's there's a lot of uh, out there in reference to modified foods. So there's controversy. There's a lot of lies out there, and also your your health can be impacted and how people can think about GMO, and and literally how this GMO can really make damage to the planet. So again, there's, there's a lot of great things. He'll probably talk a little bit about that today in reference to GMOs. Also, his future titles and books are that are coming up next year would be um, would be gluten glutenaholic, and again, we're talking about about gluten and how that's going, to... and also uh, how to live gluten free and the blood detectors the longevity uh, secrets. So again, as yes, you can see here, everyone. He does have a lot on his plate. He's been doing this for years. I know of Dr. Wall for many years. So, again, Dr. Wall, great to have you on the show with my audience today. It's really my pleasure. Great to have you, Dr. Wall. And, again, there's a lot here. Uh, Talking about, you said here towards the end about longevity secrets. What do you mean by longevity secrets?
0: Well, you know, Alex, there are uh, simple ways in which, uh, and some, more complex ways that um, people, many people do not know uh, that if they did, it would enhance not only the quality of their lives, but they could delay the onset of the, the more common chronic diseases that tend to plague people, such as heart disease, diabetes, immune problems, arthritis, memory issues, and through certain dietary methods and uh, certain nutritional supplements and certain specific types of exercises uh performed on a you know a routine basis of the course of one's life could enhance general well-being and reduce early death risk and very importantly improve the length of life that someone lives within that's the most active and that's what I'm interested in and that's what people who seek me out are interested in living longer sure but living much better without as much disease and disability. So the book title you mentioned, uh, The Blood Detectives, Longevity Secrets, are my top picks of what people should focus on, what laboratory or other tests they need to do to determine what they need to do as individuals to offset their disease risk and improve their quality and length of life. Because, it's you know, Alex, it's different for everyone. So this cookie cutter, everyone should eat a certain way, and this is a healthy diet, or this is a nutritional supplement that's good for everyone—that is not specific enough. That's not personalized enough. And I'm interested in knowing through laboratory tests if we're actually improving a person's biochemistry and health, which may be a little bit different than what a person is aware of. A person might feel well, but they may not actually be well. So these various tests help figure that out. They give me and and give my my patients insight into what actually ha- is happening under the surface. So they can take daily steps in the ways, some of the ways uh, that I've just mentioned so they can truly be healthy and not merely just practice the type of so-called health care today where if people don't have a symptom that stops them in their tracks, they assume that they're healthy. So in a nutshell, Alex, longevity secrets are those simple ways that, um, uh, that a person can learn to improve their quality and their length of life.
1: Um, um, talking about this, and we're talking about longevity and, and living longer, and one of your titles here is uh, GMOs. What, what is happening now to our biochemistry? I think a lot of people would be interested. In the, I mean, we're probably exposed to 80% or probably higher of all these fruits and vegetables and God knows, you know, food that we're actually eating. So, how is that going to affect us?
0: Sure. Well, you know, you mentioned again my, my book title, A Franken-Foods, which um, mm-hmm. the complete title is Controversies, Lies, and Your Health. And what I've done in this very short but concise book is outlined in a question-and-answer format for people, what are GMOs, what are the problems, how to avoid them, what does the evidence actually say, because as you know, Alex, there's lots of information flying around out there. So I wanted to produce a, a very uh, evidence-based and scientific review of things, but in plain and simple language that, you know, wasn't 150 pages long, because who has time for that? So any of the listeners can go to my blog and uh, read the, the many dozen uh, entries on different uh, GMO concepts, uh, and also they could go to Amazon uh, and, and look up the Frankenfoods book, and, and also read sample chapters uh, on my website as well. But to answer your question, uh, there is evidence that GMOs are not safe, and uh, that is a problem. They have been released into the, uh, the, the food chain uh, in one big experiment, in my opinion. And uh, the reason why I think there are those out there uh, that are uh, pro-GMO, that seem not to have a problem with GMO, and they claim something like this. This is what I hear a lot of, Alex. They will say... Well, if GMOs were a problem, people would be dropping like flies. That's almost a direct paraphrase of a geneticist who is a pro-GMO geneticist. And I would say people are dropping like flies. We have higher risks of disability and various disease uh, than ever before. And one simply cannot rule out the contribution of GMOs. So until they are proven safe, I don't think they ever should have been released. And my book outlines much of the scientific evidence that's out there which pro-GMO people seem to say doesn't exist, but it's in the book. So that's Mm. an important aspect of longevity because, of course, our health is largely dependent upon what we're eating, uh, what we're absorbing from what we eat, our exposure to various toxins in the environment, uh, whether they're infectious toxins or heavy metal toxins or or other types of chemicals, or toxins produced uh, in genetically modified foods that are produced from genetically modified foods as our body tries to manage them. And then there are other factors, too. There's gluten, et etc. et cetera. So mm-hmm. some of the listeners are probably thinking, my goodness, what can I do? It seems like everywhere I turn, everything is bad for me. Well, the truth is there are some simple answers. Once you have the information, it's very simple to make healthy choices, and it still is possible to make those healthy choices. In my franken book, Alex, I actually give lots of recipes, lots of diets. Many of them are also on, the, uh, on my blog as well. So part of a longevity plan, we want to bring these longevity secrets, like the secrets that GMOs may be dangerous. Let's at least cut them way down in our diet, if not remove them completely. Uh, gluten may not be appropriate for most people. Uh, many of us are walking around with low blood levels of vitamin D, which increases our risk of dying of pretty much everything, and that's not an exaggeration. And the list goes on and on. Um, but if we if we can reveal and be aware of these uh, these factors in our lives, we can, as intelligent and educated people, make informed choices and decide how far we'll go to increase our longevity. And by doing some laboratory work and doing what I call a blood detective analysis, reading blood work nutritionally, and that's not something that traditionally trained doctors can do very well, but that's the only way that we're going to know if we've made a long-term difference by looking at certain tests and making sure that our, our lifestyle changes, which include diet as one of those lifestyle changes, are making these bad or abnormal findings in the lab go away. It's not enough, Alex, for people to quote-unquote eat right or to take healthy nutritional supplements, it has to translate into actual results under the surface in the chemistry.
1: Um, I'm, I'm pretty aware of this, Dr. Wall. Uh, uh, I, I've known of you for years. I've gone to you, and I've seen it for myself. Uh, my wife, and again, I'll bring this up. Uh, my wife had a, like five years ago, as you know, five or six years ago, she had a very I guess a whole bout of MS and it just it took about a year to diagnose it it was just it was a weird thing and she just kept getting worse and worse and then we finally went to you guys because again I know you for years and and I totally believe in that uh, by the way everyone a, a lot of the ways that Dr. Walt does it is he, he does blood tests and looks at your your on your cell level on the cellular level right Dr. Walt?
0: Yeah exactly and it's not just looking at the labs Mm -hmm. But it's looking at laboratory from all areas or practically every area of medicine at one time. So hormones, that's the area of endocrinology, toxicology, immunology, neurology, gastroenterology, nutrition. Medicine today is artificially compartmentalized, and we have our specialists, which certainly have their place. But the limitation Mm -hmm. there is that unless you look at all areas, you cannot appreciate the body holistically as a whole and see these dynamic connections to really know if you're managing a person's needs. So, for example, if someone has a known increased risk of heart disease with, let's say, high cholesterol, uh, they would know that from their family practitioner, their internist, or perhaps their cardiologist. But an endocrinologist could tell you if one's testosterone levels were low, and low testosterone tends to be associated with high cholesterol, and taking testosterone or changing one's diet or taking supplements to naturally increase one's testosterone can lower cholesterol. But that, that, again, most people with cardiovascular issues like high cholesterol are not referred to an endocrinologist, and even if they were, to get the endocrinologist to talk to the cardiologist is not that likely. And to work on the nutritional aspects of things, well, they'd have to refer you yet to a dietitian. And the connections go on and on. What if someone does not absorb normally, and the symptom of that might be not absorbing, let's say, healthy fats, and their cholesterol levels go up, but the malabsorption issue, well, that's in the realm of gastroenterology. So the way the medicine is set up today just takes too darn long. The solutions ultimately are medications. There's no real fixing of Mm -hmm. things. I'm not saying there isn't a place for medication, but I think it should be a last resort, not a first one. Mm -hmm. So my approach is simply holistic because that's how the body's designed. And I think if we approach the body from a natural therapeutic perspective, consistent with how the body actually works, we tend to get better results, far safer results. And then we take all these results, Alex, and we put it through a software program that I designed called Blood Detective, that compares all of the patient's results to a healthier version of themselves. For example, as a person grows older, the ranges on blood work that are called the normal ranges or the clinical ranges, those are based on average, let's say men or women, the age of your listeners. But as a person gets older, the ranges change and a person has a new normal that 10 years ago would have been abnormal. So many people don't feel well and have health issues, but their doctors say, but your blood tests are normal. They are forgetting that these ranges are not based on healthy people, Alex. They're based on average people. And the average person is not so healthy. So we have a higher standard, just like one might imagine that an Olympian might have different chemistry that allows him or her to do certain things that the average person their age not an Olympian cannot do. My point being, if we improve our chemistry, we improve our performance, whether that's mobility, strength, mental function, reaction time, it's what I call longevity health care. It's true health care. It's health building, and it mm-hmm. takes a little extra work and a little more proactivity on the part of the, of the, of the person, which I love. I have the smartest patients on the planet. They come in, they give me articles, they send me emails, what do you think about this, what do you think about that? It's a dynamic relationship that just is not built into regular medicine. Mm-hmm. So I like to practice what I like to call health care or longevity care, and traditional medicine is, let's face it, it's not a criticism, but it's disease care. Mm-hmm. Traditional physicians are not trained in health. They're trained in treating end-stage very small part of healthcare, the health system. Most conditions today are preventable or at least delayable with appropriate lifestyle. I'm simply saying, and that again, a lifestyle is diet, exercise, stress reduction, foods, supplements, but if we base it on each person, we don't waste time taking a zillion nutrients that make no difference or eating a healthy diet with quotations when a person, an individual may not know what a healthy diet is. Healthy diet is what a person needs at different stages in their life, and the laboratory I use as a guide to figure that out.
1: Well, that's very uh, detailed. And again, everyone, uh, this is, again, the uh, PRN, which is literally progressive people. And this is, uh, I guess, state-of-the-art what the future should be like. And again, this is why we're on this great station PRN, so we can know better. Um, again, we are aware of the toxins, we are aware of the pollution, we're aware of all this, uh, you know, electromagnetic pollution and chemtrails, and and now GMOs. You know, let's add that to the bag of everything that's going on to us. So definitely, this is a way you can go to blooddetective.com. And you can see Dr. Wall, and you can see his articles, and, and if you want to, be in contact with him. But right now, if you guys want to, you can send me an email, questions. If you have questions for you in reference to Dr. Wall, you can send them to the NDCSavingsClub.com and, and go to the radio tab on the, on top of the website and submit your questions if you want to. Or, like I mentioned before, you can call 888 874 4888. Eight, eight. And again, that number is toll free 888 874 eight, eight, 4888. Eight, eight. To maybe ask Dr. Walt some questions you might have in reference to this whole concept of blood detective and looking at your body in a totally different way. Um, I guess I, I want to ask now, Dr. Walt, is these are not like, like you mentioned before, these are not like standard blood tests. These are more, I guess, more, more complex or more detailed in reference to that person's chemistry?
0: Yeah, it's a combination. For example, most people will go to their primary docs and get a routine blood test, which would consist of a complete blood count and let's say chemistry. Maybe there will be a thyroid test thrown in there. It depends on a person's symptoms, but essentially that's it. And those tests can be nutritionally interpreted compared to average people of the age of the person getting the test, but also a healthier version of that person. And then when you change the comparison, there's all these other hidden problems that may show up that are not necessarily problems now, but but are predicted to be problems later. So to answer your question, Alex, some of the tests, are, uh, most of them are quite routine. All of the most important tests, which I call biomarkers, Are covered by insurance. They can be done by any doctor willing to order the test, but most will not because they'll only order partial tests within their specialty. And they probably should do that because if they're not holistically minded, if they're not focused in this area, such as I am, they wouldn't really know how to interpret them. Let alone interpret tests from multiple specialties. That's just not how the medical education works. So these tests can be can be ordered by any any physician trained in longevity medicine uh, who knows how to read them Hmm.
1: and like you were just mentioning so uh, i know these blood tests and all are expensive and but you're saying that in reference to regular health insurance they they do cover these tests as long as they're prescribed
0: Yes, and real quickly, Ox, I can name maybe six or seven of them, so people can sort of write them down. Uh, these I would include with every patient's workup, but I perform approximately 150 to 170 different biomarkers. Now, real quickly, a biomarker is a test, that lets us know if whatever we're recommending now for a person, again, whether it's diet, exercise, or what have you, is affecting it in a positive way, like cholesterol is a biomarker. Is it going down? Vitamin D is a biomarker. Is it going up? Uh... And the other ones are a standard CBC and a chemistry, as I mentioned, something called C-reactive protein, CRP, or another test is homocysteine. Another one, hemoglobin A1C. A thyroid panel is always important. It must be a complete thyroid panel with a TSH, a free T3, a free T4, thyroid antibodies, and total T3 and total T4. So, those are a few examples. And again, on the website, I have a list of a long list of others. There's a baseline of tests I do with every patient's longevity, but then it gets much more personalized, Alex, based upon the answers that are provided to me based on a very detailed health appraisal questionnaire. And of course, my conversation with people, getting through those questions and really clarifying their current health issues and health goals, One's health goals determine how you test and what you test for, and also how you treat things and how quickly someone wants to accomplish something. So all these factors and others go into choosing the right test. And uh, generalized insurance, if someone has insurance, it almost always will cover most of these tests that I've mentioned. There may be other ones, and there are biomarkers that are not blood tests, like a body composition really, really important lung function testing, bone density testing, they may or may not be covered by insurance. It depends on the individual. Enough of these tests are covered that quite a lot of hidden secrets are revealed that a person can then act proactively improving their quality of life and helping to invest in their, their future health in terms of prevention. It's a lot easier to prevent something than to treat it once it's an outright disease can find a lot of things, Alex, in the dis-ease area, which is in between health and disease.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I know myself. I've gone, you know, like a lot of us do, we have an insurance and we have a, a, a complete physical and, and I, I, I can't imagine that these doctors... They have no clue what they're looking at, and you just look at the the basic you know your cholesterol, you're looking at your ba- basic levels, and that might be anywheres from ten to fifteen tests or something if that on the blood work, and then you're you're talking about you know a lot more tests than even even if they did prescribe it uh, from my point of view, I don't think they they know what they're looking at anyhow.
0: Well, you make a good point, and, you know, to use cholesterol and the blood lipids, which are the blood fats, you know, uh, the other biomarker I do is called a VAP test, a VAP test. That measures cholesterol and triglycerides and HDL and LDL, like everyone's familiar with, but it measures about 10 other lipids that also very strongly are associated with cardiovascular disease and and, uh, the number one cause of death of men and women, heart attacks, And we have to keep in mind that 60% of people who get a cardiovascular event, like a heart attack or stroke, Alex, they have normal cholesterol, triglycerides, HDL, and the ratio, but they don't necessarily have normal values of all of the other lipids that are not normally checked by doctors that are part of the VAP panel. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's just that the protocols from a lot of HMOs and PPOs, they actually have rules against ordering these tests. I'm not part of the HMOs and PPOs. I can order any test that I want, and insurance will still cover it, so I can do these tests that will reveal hidden issues. And many people are just told, oh, yeah, your blood lipids are fine, but for 60% of people with heart, heart conditions, uh, the first four might be fine, but six or seven hidden that are not tested are not. Clearly, if we want new answers and we want to find hidden issues and we want to promote health, and not just identify disease once it's there and manage it symptomatically, we have to do more detailed work. We have to be more proactive. And you know, to paraphrase Einstein, he said, if we want new answers, we need to ask a whole new set of questions. More Mm -hmm. answers, more questions, more answers, and you act on them and then you prove over time that the juicing that you're doing and the supplements you're taking, the exercise you're working, is modifying these biomarkers. That's the bottom line.
1: Well, this is really amazing. Everyone, again, we're, and again, in a a progressive station, progressive people, and that's what we want to hear. We want to hear what the future is, what, and let's not worry about where everyone's at in the past. We're in the future now, and this is what, you know, to, I guess the bottom line is, you know, it's for your life, your health. I mean, that, uh, you can always work, you can always make money, but once you lose your health, you lose everything. And even more important, uh, you might lose your life. So it doesn't matter what you have done with your life, and you save money, and you did all the best, but if you lose your life, you have nothing left. So your health is the most important thing, and this is one of the ways that you'll be able to you know, look into you know, this type of a program through Dr. Wall and through the blood detective. By the way, I did get an email here, and if somebody, if people want to call in, they can call in, maybe ask Dr. Walt a question live on the radio. And again, the number is 888, toll free, again, 888-874-4888. I'll read this email to you, Dr. Walt, that I got. Sure thing. I got here an email from Jim from New York City. He says, why are regular doctors not doing this type of medicine? Well,
0: let me answer that question quick in the, in a small amount of time that we have left. Yes. First of all, it's unrealistic to expect traditionally trained doctors to do this because this is a whole different field. But this is health care, not disease care. Many of my patients spend large amounts of time explaining their frustrations to me until I point out, well, why would you think that doctors should do nutrition and think holistically when they're not trained that way? So it's sort of unfair, quite honestly, for us to impose that upon them. Of course, we want them to know those things, but they simply, that's not the training. We wouldn't expect our dentist to give us a, you know, a gynecological exam, it's that ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and because people do challenge their traditionally trained doctors, and some of them, and not all, but some are quite defensive when they are faced with not knowing an area, so what is the normal reaction in defensiveness? There's no, pr- there's no evidence, there's no proof, and that's quite silly. I work in in integrated medicine on Mount Kisco, as you said. Integrated means we do not throw out the baby with the bathwater. In other words, there is good in medicine, and we can use medicine and science to figure out nutrition for a person. So a combination simply offers more choices for people. It's really about choices. It's not just what I believe in. Sure, my bias is natural medicine. I admit that. I would rather use natural means to help manage someone's health and prevent disease and improve quality and length of life and sometimes medicines or procedures and medicines are important except when we take a holistic perspective we can reduce the side effects of these meds, the needed doses, they can work better for longer mm-hmm. so it, that depends on the, on the person's wants and needs and then we design programs on that so the answer to our call from New York's question is that's just not their specialty they just mm-hmm. don't
1: yeah that, that makes uh, at this point, uh, do we have anyone on the call that might want to ask a question, Dr. Wall?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Again, uh, anyone on the call that might want to ask a question, Dr. Wall? I guess we don't, Dr. Wall. I guess people are still absorbing all this information in reference to this whole new paradigm which I, I, I believe that that's what you're trying to develop. And it's pretty amazing that you also have, uh, I guess, like a, a program for like a software or whatever that's able to help people with that as well.
0: Well, technology, if used right, can simply do more than a doctor using his or her eyeballs to look at a few sheets of paper. Yeah. So there's just too much data uh, and I'm shocked, Alex. Sometimes, as I teach seminars across the country and abroad, when I ask the audience, "Who here uses technologies? Who here does medical searches?" I'm talking to doctors, nutritionists. Some actually say, "No, I don't. I don't. I, I can type on a computer, but I don't do medical searches or I don't use these programs." It astounds me. You simply cannot do. As well. Many, many studies have shown this. And on my blood detective website, I have a scientific paper that quotes various medical journal articles that clearly show that when technologies are properly interpretive technologies like my, like my blood detective program are employed, there are far fewer errors made in recommendations, fewer deaths in hospitals. You know, technology, when used correctly and when applied appropriately for each person, enhances health care. Mm-hmm. that's
1: what it does um, so getting all this together in reference to the technology to the blood work and looking at the panels and and looking at you I mean I, I'm just curious to see when when you might get people that are pretty sick already coming to you oh, and, absolutely. and they 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 already gone through the whole gauntlet of the medical establishment, and they probably made their symptoms and their conditions worse. And now you, they're coming to you, and they're all to- toxic and all. And now that they, they want answers, and now you'll be able to, you know, give them. And again, it's not you just looking at them; you're actually able to look at them on the cellular level.
0: Right. Um, and it's important to realize that medicine certainly has its place. Yeah, and the nutritional fresh. holistic medicine has its place. I do see people most commonly who we are a last resort. They've been everywhere in every place. The fact that they've done that, we can actually help people. It is amazing. Sometimes a different, fresh perspective is, is simply what's it, what's needed. So it's important to really clarify again mm-hmm. what a person's health goals are, what they've done, because many people say, "Well, you know, I tried the diet thing and I tried the supplement thing, and it didn't work." You have to keep in mind, unless those recommendations were based on one's biochemical uniqueness, it is a guess, and it wouldn't surprise me at all And I see many people who take bag loads of nutrients and eat in ways you would think they could live to 200, but they have cancers and diseases and chronic issues and brain fog and fatigue and all kinds of issues because what they did was not based on their actual needs. It was based on what they think is healthy, and where did that information come from? It came from the media, and even the best information, could, best sounding information, could be off, given the health status or lack of health of a person at a particular time. So it's very, very important to distinguish what a person needs. It's all about biochemical uniqueness. That's all I'm about. Mm-hmm. You know, Alex. When I was 18, as you know, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. I'm 48 years old now, I run marathons, I run them fast, I do martial arts, I lift weights, I'm in the best shape of my life, I have no limitations, I've never been on a medication. My father was a nutrition person, a chiropractor, I was that's what I did. He gave me nutrition, he changed my diet, I did what he said, and I am uh, one of the healthiest individuals I would know of of any age. My biochemistry and, for example, my, my cardiovascular Biologic age, which is calculated based on one of the biomarker tests that I do, and this is an FDA-approved technology, a real technology, shows that my cardiovascular age is that of a healthy 18-year-old. There is chronologic age, how old we are in years, and then there is biological age, how old our chemistry is and the functionality of the body. And that's the power of what nutrition can do. I'm not claiming that what I did for myself is possible for everyone. But it certainly is possible.
1: Well, and that's so it's needed. It's like the four minute mile. No one thought that you physically exactly. you were able to run a four minute mile. Right. Well,
0: I certainly didn't. <laughs> yeah, but I could do a five and a half. <laughs>
1: yeah. But I mean, you know, people. That's just the way it is. People think certain things. I mean, like you said, the the, the biological chronological age. People are like <laughs> double or three times their uh, biological age, aren't they?
0: Yes. And, you know, you you mentioned something very, very important. You know, one's perspective at one point in history was that, you know, a human being could not run a four-minute mile, for example. Mm -hmm. If we limit the possibilities in our minds, then we don't seek out things like alternative medicine or natural and nutritional medicine. We accept what good, you know, good people like certain physicians that are well-intentioned and intelligent people they, but they, as, in, as human beings, superimpose their limitations and their belief systems on their patients. So if they mm-hmm. say to a patient, well listen, your diet can't affect you and that's quackery and nutrients are useless and there's no evidence, first of all, that's all untrue. And once again, my website, mm-hmm. you can just go into the blog and find evidence. You know, in all these areas, and all these this information will pop up. I have over 60 or so videos on the website and YouTube. They're three to four minutes long, which review and answer lots of these questions. So the point is that one cannot take advantage of what's available to improve health if they don't first consider that it's possible that their level of health now can get better. Mm-hmm. It has to start with perspective.
1: Well, I'm, I'm 100% into this because, as you know, like I mentioned uh, before, I started with my wife having a you know, very... You know, bad attack of MS and all, and you definitely helped her, you know, like literally to uh, amazing to, you know, to recovery. And she, you know, she's really now has recovered from that, and, and it's been like four years already. So it is long-term sustained health. Right. So, would you um, mind
0: if I, would it be okay if I mentioned something about that? Yes, yes. You know, you'll I mean, recall that... Mm-hmm your wife had uh, quite a limp. She had a gait issue, Mm -hmm. difficulty walking. And I work with a renowned neurologist. Mm -hmm. And after a while, working with your wife, and we combined different natural uh, therapies, uh, she no longer had that issue. But I remember her saying, sometimes if I have a very long stressful day, I have a slight limp. Mm -hmm. And I asked my neurologist friend and partner, I said, So in traditional neurology, in the approaches that you use with the standard of care, the medications, how often do you see that disability reversed? And he looked at me and said, well, you don't. Mm -hmm. The medications for MS may, at best, may stabilize someone. They are Mm -hmm. not designed, thought to, or proven to reverse any level of disability, yet we did it. Yes. A combination of natural medicine the combination of things simply offers uh, more opportunity for, for health.
1: All right, everyone. And again, uh, that was Dr. Walt talking about GMOs and MS and everything that's going on out there. So, again, please, uh, if you get a chance, listen to our other shows here on PRN. Go into the archives and listen to all the past shows that we had before, and in reference to the Savings Club and all, and all of the health news segments that we've done with Dr. Walt. As you heard, he is a treasure trove of incredible information, and the reason why he's able to do all this is because of his background in this industry and in this business doing it for 27 years. So, okay, everyone.
0: What it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and. Power.